Good afternoon. Welcome to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Glad you can spend part of your busy afternoon with me today. Chico is very nice in the springtime. It hasn't turned into the hot summer that we are kind of famous for. When I was young, I remember a lot of my dad's friends would work in Chico now and then, and there are comments about Chico that I remember before I came here to school. Of course, I didn't really have a connection here, but I do always remember how they always commented about how hot it was in the summer, and it's kind of true. Interesting place. Nice in the springtime, though. One of the more common questions for taxpayers is if I sell a rental property, what will the tax ramifications be? And I wanted to talk about that today. The main thing, there's usually a surprise, and the main thing that trips people up when it's time to sell a rental is that people are not aware that whatever depreciation they've taken in the past which of course saves you tax against your rental income as you as you own the rental that amount has to be utilized in the calculation of what your gain is and I don't want to get too complicated but it's something that really trips people up the smart ones of course ask a, a tax professional like myself or one of the many uh, good tax pros we have here in Chico. If they ask before they list for sale their property, I can tell them what the gain is going to be and approximately what the tax is going to be based on what we expect for the rest of their tax return to look like. Of course, you have to know, you have to know what all of your other income is before you can calculate what the tax is going to be on the sale of a of a rental property. So here's the way it works without getting too complicated. I'll just make up some numbers and this should show you what what I'm talking about. And the I'm trying to explain the reason this trips people up. So let's say somebody bought a house that was a rental property for 250,000 say six or seven years ago, and now it's worth 400. They would think that 400, of course, you get to deduct whatever commissions you might pay, but they would just, for some of them first think, okay, 400 minus 250, I'm going to have a gain of 150. That would be the case if they were selling a home that wasn't ever depreciated. The problem is this rental every year for the last six or seven years, they've been taking in the rental income. Let's say it's 1500 a month. So they list 18,000 of rental income every year, but they would also be entitled to list approximately, I'll just say uh, 8,000 a year of depreciation to go against the rental income. That 8,000 of depreciation times, just call it six years, we'll round number this thing. 
So in six years, they've got approximately 48,000. I'll call it 50,000 for simplicity. So the actual gain when they sell this rental, if they sell it for 400, the gain is actually 200,000, not 150,000 because the basis for gain or loss has to be adjusted downwards by the accumulated depreciation of that building. Of course, that's going to add to the amount of tax that's going to be due if they sell that rental. The reason I bring that up is that it seems to be a fairly, it's a, a common question is what happens when I sell my rental? But the common problem is that this depreciation where you adjust your basis downward to take into account all of that depreciation over the years, that is something some people just are not aware of at all. That's why it's always good whenever you have any kind of large transaction, it's always good to run it by your tax helper and double check before you list the property for sale what the tax uh, amounts and results are going to be. I've talked about this on Business Buzz before. It's probably been a while. But there is a way you can reduce taxes, you can postpone the taxes. And one of the main ways to postpone the taxes is to do what's called a tax-free exchange. Some people I've talked to lately, though, they just, they feel that this is the top of the real estate market, which it could be. I'm not a market timer. If I was, I'd be rich and It would be a whole different world, but I am not a good market timer. As far as real estate goes, it's kind of a long-term waiting period to see it go up. Now that they've gone up so much in Chico, there's a chance this could be the top of the real estate market, but you just never know. Because we've got the inflation problem. First, we have the interest rates rising problem which is bound to reduce prices of homes, but at the same time, we have the inflation problem. And in my opinion, I believe people are bidding up the home values still, even with these higher interest rates on the mortgages. Part of it is because they feel like with mortgage rates going up, they feel like they have to buy something right now and not wait. That's my opinion. It's interesting that with interest rates rising, I believe home prices have still been rising, at least in California. But other states are having a some bidding wars also with multiple offers the first day or so on a new house. And it's just kind of crazy, but I do believe eventually, just like in 08, the house prices are going they're going to come back i mean they're going to go down but you just never know 08 07 and 08 when they started going down i think they bottomed in 9 or 10 so that's 12 or 13 year cycle it could happen where it could start going down who knows I don't really know. 
I'm a little too old to worry about it. Some people keep buying real estate and trading and tax-free exchanges are a good way to postpone the tax. If you can if you can tax-free exchange your whole life as you make money on real estate, when you pass away, the beneficiaries that receive the property get what's called a stepped-up basis. So there's really never a gain. There's never a tax paid on any of these gains if you do it right. The other way to postpone a gain on a sale of a rental is to carry the note. Let's just say uh, you sell a rental and you have a gain of 200000 If you take 50% down and carry the note on the other 50%, you only pay tax the first year on the 50% uh, half of the gain. And you postpone paying tax on the gain until you receive the principal as you go. Of course, you'll also have interest income on this note that you're you're like the banker. You're holding the mortgage. And as long as you get a large down payment, you're pretty safe. You're pretty safe. The problem, well, it's not a problem. It's actually a good thing for buyers and a problem for lenders. California is what's called a non-recourse state. If you sell a principal residence and carry the note, if the market goes way down and you didn't get enough money down, you can be stuck with the difference. In other words, let's say you sell a home for 300 and you only require them to put 10% down. So they uh, you... They owe you two seventy. Well, let's say the market crashes. In in California, and I believe there's eleven other called non-recourse states. If they walk away from the house, you eat it, and they don't. And if the house is only worth two fifty, that's all you get for your two seventy mortgage. But it has to be the original purchase of a principal residence for that to occur. And that can be very tricky. So I always advise my clients, if they want to be the bank and make a mortgage like that, I think it's a good way to make a, four, now that mortgage rates are up, you might make 4 5 or 6% on your money. Because remember, if you get a bunch of cash and pay a bunch of tax when you sell something, what are you going to do with the cash? You can't really earn anything you can't earn a good return without risk. And if you only if they only owe 50% of the value of the house, that's fairly safe. That's a fairly safe bet. But you never know if house prices were to crash more than 50%, it wouldn't be safe. One never knows. There's no way to know. Well, I'll be back After this short break, stay tuned to Business Buzz. I appreciate you listening. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA, and I'll be right back. (laughs) 
It's a bright new day. The sun is shining, the birds are singing, and there's never been a better day to try Mount Shasta spring water. Hi, I'm Bob the Drop. I come from a protected spring at the base of Mount Shasta. I'm bottled at the source. It doesn't get more cool and refreshing than that, and it's delivered right to your door. Yep, pure and simple, naturally the best. Start your bright new day by calling 1-800-922-6227 to order some of the best-tasting water on the planet. Mount Shasta Spring Water. California is headed in the wrong direction. Let's make sure we have representatives who fight for us. Assemblyman James Gallagher is that type of representative. When fires destroyed local homes and towns, James Gallagher forced Sacramento to act and got us the needed resources to rebuild. When the Oroville Dam failed, James Gallagher fought the bureaucrats to get the dam fixed and help those that were affected. James Gallagher has always been a fighter for us. This is James Gallagher. Gavin Newsom and his liberal allies don't listen to us, don't understand our values, and don't care about our part of California. I took Newsom to court to stop his unconstitutional power grab, and I'm fighting the bad ideas, excessive taxes, and high gas prices that are harming our state. With your support, I'll keep fighting for you. Paid for by James Gallagher for State Assembly 2022. With home mortgage rates still near historic lows, now is a great time to buy or refinance. Michael Humes is your one-stop mortgage lender. Michael Humes and his knowledgeable staff are well-versed in a wide variety of loan types, including FHA, Fannie Mae, USDA, HomePath, and HARP. For a free evaluation of your mortgage needs, call him, 530-624-7942. That's 530-624-7942. Be sure to listen to Michael's Mortgage Market Update every Wednesday at 2.30 on Your Home Today. This is Michael Humes, Mortgage Specialist at Network Mortgage, located at 155 East 3rd Avenue. Then I'm a lost license 230273, BRE license 01250862, employed by Network Mortgage, BRE license 01840139, and a lost license 358237, equal housing opportunity. Just for a moment, consider how much you pay each month for cable or satellite, video rentals, or for a movie in the theater each month. Or how about each year? Let's be honest, how often do any of these really have positive messages? Now consider that we as a station bring you positive entertainment, encouragement, and ministry 24-7. What is that worth to you? If every listener gave just a few dollars to our program, our ministry would grow exponentially. We would like to thank all of our listeners for financially supporting our teaching and talk program. Tell your friends about Life Radio, KKXX, AM. Nothing hurts my mom, but she showed anyway. She'd always say, you do what you need to do to take care of yourself. But she thought that meant she had to do it on her own. We were trained to help others, but there's strength in finding help for yourself too. We're in this together. The VA Women Veterans Call Center connects veterans with personalized information on VA services that can make a difference. Call 1-855-VA-WOMEN or visit www.womenshealth.va.gov. When life hits us hard, we begin asking hard questions, and we need real answers. Suddenly, the laughter of the sitcom seems so shallow, and sappy love songs offer no real hope or direction. But piercing through the static of entertainment comes a glimpse of clarity. Here we are, a radio station with answers. Most entertainment helps you escape reality. We help you face it with hope, peace, and answers that come from God. Lock it in here for real life answers. You are listening to Life Radio, KKXX, AM and FM. 
Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA, on another fine Chico afternoon. Very glad you're able to listen for a while today. I try to be educational, try to be entertaining, but as you know, my main goal is to give you the other side of the story that you're not going to hear on KHSL or most stations for that matter. Even Fox is letting me down lately. I just read another article and even Newsmax is avoiding certain topics. Interesting. There's an old adage when you're socializing or when you're with friends or when you're with people you don't know. There's an old saying, you don't talk religion or politics. Well, for me now, I've got three forbidden topics to bring up. I can't bring up religion, politics, or medicine. Hmm. What's going to be next? So I talked... I've been talking about uh, some interesting situations. I've got a few articles I saved, but the one that is the most interesting that I can see as far as the title goes, and it's been a while since I looked at this, but I luckily I marked it. So this article is from, it's from February 16th, February 16th of 2022. It's at a website called Hanan Abintuherland. I'm trying to figure out what this website name means. It's very confusing. But if you want to look it up, you could go to, well, I use a browser called Brave. I've cut down my use of DuckDuckGo since I started reading some of the articles about their deciding to They decided that they know better than you of what you're searching for, like Google. So I don't use Google. I don't use DuckDuckGo anymore. I use Brave until I I hear about them. Then I'll find another one. So the title of this article is The Federal Reserve Cartel, Eight Families Own the USA, BIS, IMF, World Bank. And uh, the U.S., The BIS is the Bank of International Settlements. I believe that's like the central bank of central banks. So they dole out the money to the worldwide banking system. So this is called uh, the Federal Reserve Cartel. It says, who owns the Federal Reserve? They are the Goldman Sachs, Rockefellers, Lehman, and Kuhn Lobes of New York, the Rothschilds of Paris and London, the Warburgs of Hamburg, the Lazards of Paris, and the Israel Moses Seifs of Rome. Many of the bank's stockholders reside in Europe. The U.S. government had a historical distrust of Bank of International Settlements lobbying unsuccessfully for its demise at the 1944 post-World War II Bretton Woods Conference. 
Instead, the eight families' power was exacerbated with the Bretton Woods creation of the IMF and the World Bank. Uh, IMF is International Monetary Fund, and the World Bank is, I guess, this gigantic bank that oversees countries' uh, banks, national banks like the Federal Reserve. Bretton Woods became a became a boon to the eight families. The IMF and World Bank were central to this new world order. The four horsemen of banking, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan Chase, Citigroup, and Wells Fargo, own the four horsemen of oil, ExxonMobil, Royal Dutch Shell, BP, and Chevron Texaco, in tandem with Deutsche Bank, Bank Paribas, which is the French one, Barclays, and other European old money behemoths. Companies under Rockefeller control include ExxonMobil, Chevron Texaco, BP Amico, Marathon Oil, Freeport McMoran, Quaker Oats, United Delta Northwest, ITT International Harvesters, Xerox Boeing, Westinghouse, Hewlett Packard, Honeywell, International Paper, Pfizer, oh boy, there's our friends at Pfizer, Motorola, Monsanto, Union Carbide, and General Foods. Their monopoly over the global economy does not end at the edge of the oil patch. According to company 10K filings to the SEC, the four horsemen of banking are among the top 10 stockholders of virtually every Fortune 500 corporation. So who owns the Federal Reserve and are the stockholders in these money center and who are the stockholders in these money center banks? This information is guarded much more closely. My queries to bank regulatory agencies regarding stock ownership in the top 25 US bank holding companies were given Freedom of Information Act status before being denied on quote national security end quote grounds. This is rather ironic since many of the bank's stockholders reside in Europe. One important repository for the wealth of the global oligarchy that owns these banks' holding companies is U.S. Trust Corporation, founded in 1853 and now owned by Bank of America. A recent U.S. Trust corporate director and honorary trustee was Walter Rothschild. Other directors include Daniel Davison of J.P. Morgan Chase, Richard Tucker of ExxonMobil, Daniel Roberts of Citigroup, and Marshall Schwartz of Morgan Stanley. J.W. McAllister, an oil industry insider with House of Saud connections, wrote in The Grim Reaper that information he acquired from Saudi bankers cited 80% ownership of the New York Federal Reserve Bank by far the most powerful Fed branch by just eight families, four of which reside in the U.S. So this article goes on and on. It's pretty detailed. Uh, It's kind of amazing that when you go to, I mean, you might decide you want to bank at a bank that you like, but this guy went, this guy went to find out who owns these gigantic banks And the Freedom of Information Act came back and said, no, we can't tell you that. It's national security. Very interesting. I personally left Bank of America a few years ago. 
iBank and another bank, it's not one of those gigantic ones, but it's still a pretty large bank. Uh, I bank at the bank I like because the people at the branch are so friendly and nice and the lines are never very long. I know there's local banks that would be probably a pretty good idea. I mean, Tri-Counties is fairly local, even though it's really big. But uh, Golden Valley, uh, Northern California National Bank, those local banks would probably be a good place to bank. Just, Just to let you know that these big banks are not, they may be owned by foreign owners, which is, Kind of weird, but it's weird that the Freedom of Information Act would cite national security. Just another day in the world of crazy banking, I guess. Well, I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Stay tuned. I'll be right back on Business Buzz after this break. With home mortgage rates still near historic lows, now is a great time to buy or refinance. Michael Humes is your one-stop mortgage lender. Michael Humes and his knowledgeable staff are well-versed in a wide variety of loan types, including FHA, Fannie Mae, USDA, HomePath, and HARP. For a free evaluation of your mortgage needs, call him, 530-624-7942. That's 530-624-7942. Seven nine four two. Be sure to listen to Michael's Mortgage Market Update every Wednesday at 2.30 on Your Home Today. This is Michael Humes, Mortgage Specialist at Network Mortgage, located at 155 East 3rd Avenue. Minimalist License 230273. BRE License 01250862. Employed by Network Mortgage. BRE License 01840139. And a loss License 358237. Equal Housing Opportunity. From the Pacific Justice Institute, this is The Legal Edge. Defending your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. Here's Brad Vegas. Pacific Justice Institute recently filed suit against California's West Contra Unified School District after the district was attempting to enforce a COVID-19 vaccine mandate on students. In California, school districts have no authority to create their own vaccine mandates. After being initially defiant, the school district backed down in the face of our lawsuit. In addition, PJI will continue to battle against a bill now pending in the legislature to mandate COVID-19 vaccinations in schools statewide. PJI provides legal representation without charge. Get exclusive email updates by registering for The Legal Insider at pji.org. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. The Bible, our foundation. This is Ken Ham, CEO of the Noah's Ark Attraction, the Ark Encounter, south of Cincinnati. What's your foundation? Okay, what do I mean by that? 
Well, we all have an ultimate authority, something we base our thinking on and interpret the world through. For many people, that standard is themselves, their own wisdom or feelings. But we can't trust our sinful hearts. They'll quickly lead us astray. Instead, we must start our thinking with the ultimate authority, the Word of God. God's perfect, flawless, unchanging Word should be our starting point. That means we build our worldview from God's Word and we test our own thoughts, opinions and feelings against God's Word to see if they're right or wrong. We're not the authority. God is. Plan your visit to the Ark Encounter when you go to our website at AnswersRadio.com. Travel here to tour the life-size Ark, visit the zoo and more. Go to AnswersRadio.com. Be sure to listen to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries, Monday through Fridays at 10 a.m. on Life Radio, KKXX, AM 930 and FM 104.5. Weekdays at 10 a.m. and Saturday morning at 8 here on KKXX. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. California is headed in the wrong direction. Let's make sure we have representatives who fight for us. Assemblyman James Gallagher is that type of representative. When fires destroyed local homes and towns, James Gallagher forced Sacramento to act and got us the needed resources to rebuild. When the Oroville Dam failed, James Gallagher fought the bureaucrats to get the dam fixed and help those that were affected. James Gallagher has always been a fighter for us. This is James Gallagher. Gavin Newsom and his liberal allies don't listen to us, don't understand our values, and don't care about our part of California. I took Newsom to court to stop his unconstitutional power grab, and I'm fighting the bad ideas, excessive taxes, and high gas prices that are harming our state. With your support, I'll keep fighting for you. Paid for by James Gallagher for State Assembly 2022. Dad, why do your toenails look like that? Hey, it's James, and if you're like me and suffer from toenail fungus, please pay close attention. Let's face it, toe fungus is embarrassing. I was afraid to take my socks off and hid my ugly toes from everybody. But nail fungus isn't just a cosmetic problem. It can also be dangerous. Even a small spot can spread and get worse. But no matter what I tried, it seemed like my fungus would never go away. Then I discovered Crystal Flush, the new and different FDA-registered at-home treatment. This unique two-step system flushes out fungus at its source and reverses damaged nails. Finally, me and thousands of others are free from fungus, and you can be too. Call now, and for a limited time, you can try Crystal Flush risk-free for 30 days. Call 800-354-1862. That's 800-354-1862. Eliminate your toe fungus once and for all, guaranteed. Call now, 800-354-1862, or visit crystalflush.com. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Glad you can join me for part of your busy afternoon. I know the children are back in school, which is nice. They're actually learning in the classroom. I have heard some 
teachers discussing the fact that the COVID time did not do well for the high school students heading to college. I've heard college professors mention that the new students coming in have had lower scores than usual for their basic math and English. In my opinion, it could be because the last two years of their schooling was done from home, and a lot of those students wouldn't have been in a good enough situation at home to do all their proper schoolwork. I'm not saying that some homeschooling isn't a good thing. Uh, homeschooling is probably real good for the education. I'm not sure it's always good for the the personality side of development. I have mixed feelings about it. When my son was old enough to go to school, we discussed private schools versus public schools, and I just kind of looked at it as if I went to public school, I got a good education, ended up coming to Chico State and getting my accounting degree, got my law degree at Cal Northern, not an attorney, and I don't play one on television. My brother got a public education three years earlier than I did, and he ended up he ended up going to Cal State Hayward, which is now Cal State East Bay. And after four years at Cal State Hayward, he ended up getting into medical school at UC Irvine. So our public education wasn't bad. Now, I know the quality of it's probably gone down. But I still believe that students in general are going to do a lot better in a classroom setting than at a home setting, unless the home is set up for homeschooling already, and that would be a good thing. But not all homes are, and I think during COVID there was probably a lot of children that would have done a lot better in school if they had been in class instead of trying to learn from home, which I think that was that was just a little bit crazy. So, Business Buzz likes to talk about business of, and what's on the topic today, Harold? How about the business of food processing? So this is an article from, I know it's from a couple of weeks ago. It's from one of my favorite news sources, uh, zerohedge.com. That's a good place to go for some daily headlines. It's not way far, it's not way far on the fringe, but it's definitely better than the New York Times, put it that way. So this article is called Food Processing Plant Fires Conspiracy or Coincidence. And it says, In the midst of unprecedented inflation, skyrocketing commodity prices, and projected food shortages and supply chain issues arising as a result of Russia's, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, an interesting story has started to surface. Food processing plants globally appear to be catching fire and burning down at a notable rate. First, let's examine what seems odd. For weeks, social media users and bloggers have been throwing around the story that dozens of food processing facilities have mysteriously burned down over the last few months. 
It's a phenomenon that has even caught the attention of top-rated cable TV news host Tucker Carlson, who spoke about it this week. This is the second time in a week something like this happened, Carlson said about breaking news after a plane crashed into a food facility in Georgia. So industrial accidents happen, of course, but this is a lot of industrial accidents at food processing plants. At the same time, the president is warning us of food shortages. They're getting hit by planes and catching on fire. What is going on here? Carlson asked. So anyway, that's an interesting article. Beyond North American food processing plants, there have been dozens more food processing facilities destroyed in fires and explosions in the last two years. Uh, Fires in the food industry are not uncommon, but the incidents appear to be on the rise, the report said. And then it says the outlet recapped some of the most recent incidents. And then there's a list uh, of all these poultry farm in India, poultry farm in India, poultry farm in India. A massive blaze at a Northern Ireland farm killed hundreds of pigs. Anyway, it's an interesting article, so... I'm not saying all conspiracies are true, but lately a lot of them have become true, and it's just interesting the way you think it sounds crazy, and then it turns out to be true. I mean, how many times can you see something that seemed crazy turn out to be true and not start wondering about things that are true or not? So one of my other favorite topics that you know if you listen to Business Buzz, and I don't want to uh, bore you with uh, overdoing it, but there's an interesting article here, and it is, and this, this is almost, it's almost funny, but it's not. One of those things, it's almost funny, but it's not. And this was from May, this was from May 9th. So, well, it's getting a little old, but not real old. And it's also from Zero Hedge. And the title of this one is, and get ready, because it's kind of funny. Denmark releases gold bar list, but the serial numbers are missing. Says late 2021, the Central Bank of Denmark released a bar list of its monetary gold. Unfortunately, the individual serial numbers of the ingots, the disclosing of which is the main purpose of a bar list, are missing. Government entities around the world have been increasing transparency regarding gold in recent years, but still have a long way to go. Says credibility is a central bank's most valuable asset. If credibility is lost, a central bank can close shop. Transparency is one of the means for a central bank to gain credibility. As monetary instability has been mounting for years, central banks are forced to become more transparent. So I thought that was entertaining and a bit a bit humorous that the country would claim to be listing a list of their gold that they hold and there's no serial numbers on the list. It's like give me a break. That's exactly 
that's exactly wrong and it exactly gives you the true story and it exactly tells you all you need to know. I'm Harold Littlejohn CPA. Stay tuned to Business Buzz. I'll be right back. Henry Ford, the original titan of the automobile industry, believed in progress, innovation, and dramatic change. His Model T revolutionized American culture. But after 15 years of being the only car on the road, changes had to be made. The Model T just wasn't equipped to handle the new, faster-moving, paved roads. So how did this revolutionary man handle it when they tried to change the Model T? He looked at the shiny new red prototype and began attacking it. Ripping it apart with his bare hands. That's what Henry Ford thought of change. We all have a little bit of Henry Ford in us. We get fixated on something we like, and we strongly oppose change. But accepting change is a healthy part of life. But like Henry Ford, we tend to want to tear apart anything that tries to change what we've grown to feel comfortable with. Some basic life principles should never change, but other things should change. We can embrace it and move ahead, or we can attack it. The roads of life are always changing. We need to change to keep up or get left behind in the dust. This is Life Radio, KKXX, AM and FM. Let's do this. Critics agree the bad guys are good. Oh, stop it. making me blush. It's the winner of the Truly Moving Picture Award at the Heartland Film Festival. What bam? The Christian Post raves. The bad guys is a fun, family-friendly film with a powerful and timely message. I think I like the new you. Well, that makes two of us. From DreamWorks Animation, who brought you Shrek and Kung Fu Panda. It's showtime. The Bad Guys, in theaters now. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. You think you know what God wants to do, and you're trying to run things, and you're trying to do things in your own strength, in your own way, and you totally miss the point. His power doesn't depend on any human ability, no matter how God uses us. Please understand, we need the power of the living Lord. We need His ability. David Hawking explains why we should only rely on the Lord's power, on hope for today. Tune in for Hope for Today, weekdays at 8 a.m. here on KKXX. When life hits us hard, we begin asking hard questions, and we need real answers. Suddenly, the laughter of the sitcom seems so shallow, and sappy love songs offer no real hope or direction. But piercing through the static of entertainment comes a glimpse of clarity. Here we are, a radio station with answers. Most entertainment helps you escape reality. We help you face it with hope, peace, and answers that come from God. Lock it in here for real life answers. You are listening to Life Radio, KKXX, AM and FM. Hey, hon, what you doing with your phone? Taking pictures? No, I'm asking questions. Like what? Hey, Bobo, do flowers have best friends? I'm sorry. I'm afraid I don't know that. Hey, follow me. I want to show you something. Look, flowers do have best friends. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Do you know why policemen have guns and badges? Because the government has a duty to protect the lives of innocent human beings. That's what the right to life is. When Roe v. Wade came down, it was much more than about babies. The suspension of the right to life means we're all at risk. 
Find out more on Life Matters. Listen Saturdays at 6 on KKXX. Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA, here on this nice spring Chico day. Always a pleasure to be in Chico in the spring. Students are getting ready to graduate. I believe this is finals week. So if any students are listening to local radio, which is unlikely with all the Spotify and all the music streaming services that the same ones I listen to all day long when I'm at work. If there are any students out there, good luck on your finals. Finals are very nerve-wracking if you haven't kept up your studying during the semester. If you have, then finals aren't that bad. I never enjoyed finals week. I got good grades, but I wasn't I really wasn't what you'd call the uh, the world's the world's most perfect student. I did procrastinate a bit on my homework. To be honest, I had one class that was an economics class, and the professor was requiring a huge paper to be done. And honestly, I just. I wasn't into it. I didn't want to do that giant term paper. And I have to confess, I let it go, and I retook that class. So in my four years of Chico State, I did retake one class. I believe it was Econ 3. And the interesting thing was I retook it with a different professor. There was no term paper, and I got an A. I learned it, I did well on the test, and I got a great grade. Some, there's just some things a college guy, and I was in a fraternity, I wasn't in one of the major fraternities, we didn't really have a house, I've mentioned this before, it was Delta Sigma Pi, P-I, and it was a business major fraternity, and the year after I graduated or so, they had to go co-ed, the whole rule about like Lions Clubs and Rotary Clubs having to be co-ed and, and men and women uh, because it's not fair to do otherwise hit the business fraternity of Delta Sigma Pi. So from then on, it was male and female, which is neither here nor there. I guess that's fine, but it was a lot of fun being in a semi-fraternity. We still had socials with the sororities, so we got to do those parties. I believe it was every Thursday night there was a social, and that was fun. So I'm glad I joined. I, I joined when I was a junior, so I only spent two years of my four years of Chico State. I only spent two uh, as a uh, Delta Sigma Pi brother, 
as we called it. Nowadays, you can't call it that, as I said. It's brothers and sisters now. But I thought that, uh, anyway, it was fun. I'm glad I did it. But I wasn't the ultimate student, but I did fine. But I think it's finals week, and it'll be graduation, and all the hotels will be completely full. All the Airbnbs will be charging double. So all of you Airbnb owners, go to town. You're going to make a lot of money probably on graduation weekend. Just as a quick aside, as a tax as a tax person who always thinks in the world of taxes, it's interesting if you buy a rental house but make it an Airbnb type, if the average stay of your customers is less than seven days, which it probably would be with an Airbnb, you are not treated as a real estate rental for that house, you're treated as a business. And that business has a lot less restrictions on deducting losses than a rental residence can. In other words, there's a lot of restrictions on rental deductions. I won't get into all the nuances here today because business buzz is almost, almost over. I will just say that if you can handle your rental and if it's a good Airbnb type rental, Depending on your other items on your tax return, it could be a lot better tax-wise to do an Airbnb with your rental than to do a monthly rental, normal rental with a regular monthly tenant. And there's lots of reasons why I say that, but it's complicated, so don't go, don't go buying a place just on what I just said. I'm just offering that up as a general idea. But you have to check with your own tax professional to make sure that it fits what you need. But there are some advantages. There are some advantages for Airbnb over rentals. It just depends on your other your other items. So one other article I brought that I wanted to share. It was just a little bit about there's a metal called rhodium and it's a platinum group metal but it's more rare than platinum and it is just a very interesting it's very interesting because rhodium now is like $17,000 an ounce Whereas platinum is under a thousand, I would guess that rhodium's more rare than seventeen times rarer than platinum, but I don't I'm not sure, but it's a very rare metal, and it's just interesting that it was down in the low it was it was only about thirteen hundred dollars maybe eight or nine years ago. And now it's seventeen thousand, and it did hit. It hit twenty-seven thousand about a year or two ago. Just a real interesting metal. So, if you're ever interested in learning something new, you could look up. It's kind of fun to look up the platinum group 
and take a look at how rare some of those metals are. I think I told you this before on a business buzz. All the gold ever mined on the world would fit in a 60-foot cube. But all the platinum ever mined in the world's history would fit in a living room. So that you're probably figuring that's like a 20-foot cube. So I would guess all the rhodium in the world would probably fit in a closet or a bathroom. Just, just a guess. I really don't know. But it, I just find it amazing how rare these things are. And they use a little bit in uh, catalytic converters. It's also used in jewelry. Um, but obviously they're not going to use a whole heck of a lot because at, at $17,000 an ounce, that's going to that's gonna definitely add to the inflation problems we're having. Another interesting thing about inflation is that the government changes the items it uses in the calculation of inflation every now and then. There's a man called, oh, I can't remember his name, but his, his website's called Shadow Stats. He takes the price index formula I believe the one from 1980 before they changed it. They've changed it numerous times. And he uses that measure instead of the new measures. And guess what? According to shadow stats, inflation is running somewhere, I believe right now he's saying it's somewhere between 15 and 20%, not the 8% the government tells us. Remember, if you're receiving Social Security... Your raise every year is based on that CPI that the government calculates. It's to the government's advantage to keep that as low as possible. So they monkey with the way the CPI, Consumer Price Index, they, they monkey with the way it's calculated in order to keep it low. Now, I know this year, in 2022... Social Security got a raise, I think, of uh, just a little under 6%, which is really, I think, the highest ever, at least the highest since a long time ago. I'm not sure, back in the 70s when inflation was raging. The problem we have now is inflation's raging, but they can't raise interest rates. Uh, When they raise interest rates now a little bit, it shocks the market and everything goes haywire and the mortgages are going up faster than ever and the rates, it's just a bad, bad situation. They really can't raise rates. Back in the 70s, a guy named Volcker at the Federal Reserve, he had to raise rates so high that mortgages were like 20% rate. But it did calm the inflation down after a while. Problem is, these days, they can't raise rates that high or it would, it would just break the bank, basically, and when you have a debt of $30 trillion, you really can't have 20% in, uh, interest rates. <laughs> that, would, that wouldn't quite work. We, that would be $6 trillion a year just for interest. That's not going to fly. That's a, that's a non... That's a, big, that's a big no-no. So we're in a bit of trouble. Inflation's here. Gas is, uh, I saw that it's a record 
high national average for the eighth straight day. The national average is around 450 right now. I know in the deep south it's still in the in the high threes, but obviously here in California it's in the high fives. So the average is in the mid fours, and that's that's not good for it's not good for the economy. It's not good for families. It's definitely not good for inflation because every thing we buy has to be either brought in with a truck or a train or both or a boat truck or train and they all it all takes energy to move things around and if that energy is doubling in price well that's going to add a good percentage to the price of everything we need to buy not not a good situation but I try to be upbeat on business buzz so I will end with I will end with a quick couple of miracle principles from A Course in Miracles, Chapter 1, one of my favorites. Chapter 1, Part 1 is called The Principles of Miracles, and it gives you 50 in a numbered list. I remember when I first bought this book, I read this that night, and I'm like, what are, what are they talking about? And honestly, after about 13 years reading this book, I still am not... I'm not really certain on everything, that's for sure. But I've explained before what a miracle is. If you want to learn more, you can go to YouTube and just type in ACIM and you can learn quite a bit. But I like I like number six, and I'm just going to share one of these today. Miracles are natural. When they do not occur, something has gone wrong. And I'll leave you with that thought. Well, thanks for listening. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Thanks for listening to Business Buzz, and I will be back next week. Have a great week.